Welcome on into the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Rudy Gobert has been traded. We will get into that as we get further into the episode, but first we have another trade to cover so we can get the full picture of where the Jazz are currently. So, uh, as I said in an episode before, I went up to Family Reunion up in the in mountains in Wyoming, had no service, um, which would have been just fine, except for I found out that a few people in the family did have service, which then I was able to get a little bit of, of access to what was going on, but not the full picture, and it made my mind run like crazy. I, sh- I should have just, just stayed away. Uh, but anyway, um, the first thing that happened, um, basically that first night that I was there, Royce O'Neal has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, in return, the Jazz get a 2023 first-round pick. Now, that pick is the going to end up being the worst of the Rockets, Nets, and 76ers. So whoever has the best pick, basically, uh, or the worst pick, I mean. So, like, if, you know, one of them has the 30th pick or whatever, uh, the high, highest pick in the first round, uh, well, that's what the Jazz will end up getting. So let's say, like, the, the Rockets are pick five, the Nets are 20, and the, the 76ers have 28. The Jazz will get pick 28 in that draft. Um, kind of tough to see Royce and go. He's a, he's a guy that really grew up with the jazz and, uh, that's where he got his opportunity to play. You know, he was playing over in Europe for a little bit before that, um, ended up becoming a starter for the jazz. Um, his defense has fallen off though in past years. And so it kind of felt like it was time for the jazz to clear that money, um, get an asset back for it and kind of keep moving forward so i wish you know royce and neil the best of luck in in brooklyn no matter what happens with kevin durant kyrie irving um i i hope that he has a great career there um it'll be tough to see him not in a jazz uniform so next on to the big news uh rudy gobert has been traded to the minnesota Timberwolves. uh when this happened i it I still am not over it. I I really like Rudy Gobert. He's an amazing player. I think he's a really good person as well. Uh does a lot a lot for uh you know charity wise. Uh was a big part of the Utah community. He liked living in Utah, which is a very rare thing for uh for guys in the NBA. Um you know, he he'd been with the Jazz for his entire career and had kind of planned on being with the Jazz for the rest of it. Um, but the Jazz got back an absolute haul in this trade. Uh, if they're going to trade Rudy Gobert, um, which, again, I was not a fan of, if you would tell me that they would get back what they're getting back, I'd have been like, okay, you know, I, I, I understand. Like, it makes sense. So let's go over. What did the Jazz get back in this trade? That makes it worth it to get rid of the best defensive player in the world. Um, a three-time All-Star, probably going to be more-time All-Star. Uh, and just a great person in the in the community of Utah uh, in Rudy Gobert. So let's talk about the players they're getting back first. So first of all, they're getting back Patrick Beverly, 
great defensive guard. I don't ex- I don't really think he's going to be in a Jazz uniform this coming fall. I think they'll probably flip him for something else. Malik Beasley, who I think will be with the Jazz uh, at the at the beginning of the season, he's uh, going to be 25 this next season. Really good scoring shooting guard. Really good athlete. He's a good defender when he wants to be. Um, I think he could probably start right next to Donovan Mitchell, and you'll be at least the same level as Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley together. You'll at least be a little bit bigger and a lot younger. Um, Jared Vanderbilt, who I am very excited about the Jazz getting. He's basically a 6'9", 220-pound center. Um, you know, He came into the league as basically a small forward. They, the Nuggets figured out he couldn't shoot. Moved him power forward, and then he got traded to the Timberwolves. Um, and this last year was the starting power forward for them for the whole season. Really, really good defender. You know, he's six nine. He's long. He's super active. Um, blocks a lot of shots. Gets a lot of steals. Really, really good defensive power forward um, or center. Um, if you play him at the center again, he's going to be undersized. So you're going to want to play a big power forward next to him that can shoot. Um, the Jazz currently don't have that on the roster, so I I know that there's more moves coming for the Jazz. It's just been a little bit of a standstill for the entire league lately, with Kevin Durant still out there as a possible trade, Kyrie Irving still out there as a possible trade candidate, DeAndre Ayton. I think once some of those dominoes start to fall, we're going to see a lot more uh, moves around the edges, um, which includes you know the Jazz doing what they need to do to fill out this roster. Um, Leandro Barmero, he was a first round pick two years ago in the 2020 draft, um, stayed over in Spain for the first year, um, and then came over. So last year was actually his rookie season. He's a six, seven, 200 pound, uh, basically point forward. Um, he can play the shooting guard, small forward point guard for a little bit. Um, so he, he's similar to, um, Joe Ingles. Probably a little bit better of an athlete, but he's not nearly the same shooter. Uh, Joe Ingles is a career, I think, 41% three-point shooter. And uh, Balmero in Spain and with the uh, Timberwolves and with the G League team for the Timberwolves was like a 28% three-point shooter. Um, he's going to need to get up to you know 36 37% before he's he can really become a rotation player in the NBA, but he's still very young, 21 years old, still has enough time to possibly become a rotational piece in the NBA. And then the last player added was Walker Kessler, who was actually drafted in this year's draft, um, I think 23rd overall uh, by the Timberwolves, uh, somewhere in there, 21 to 24, somewhere in that range. Um he, he was a shot-blocking machine in college. You know, seven feet tall, about two, probably 250 to 260, somewhere in that range. Really long arms. Um, his block rate, like, how often he got a block for how much he was on the court was the highest in NCAA history. And we're, you know, we're talking about guys like Hashim Thabit, um, Akeem Olajuwon, Dikembe Mutombo. Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, um, Sean Bradley. He has a higher block rate than any of those guys ever. Um, so he can block shots. The problem is he's not very mobile. Um, 
that's that would that's the best thing about Rudy Gobert is how well he moves around the floor. And it's it's really not a down uh like a bad thing to really say about Walker Kessler. Like there's not that many guys that are that big that can move in general. Um you know, we, we kind of get spoiled by guys like Anthony Davis and Giannis and Kevin Durant, guys that are seven feet tall that can move like they're six feet tall. Um, and Rudy Gobert, the way he can move. Um, but that's definitely not, uh, um, you know, uh, Walker Kessler's strength. Um, just second here. So the, as far as players that they got back in this trade, um, I'm most excited about Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, <clears throat> and I would, I would say Walker Kessler. I think um, he can be a, a good backup center in this league for a long time. Same with Yudoka Azubuki, who's already on the roster for the Jazz. So they will need to find another starting center. Um, there's been rumors about them with uh, DeAndre Ayton. But in a little bit here, I'll get more into how I feel the Jazz should fill out the rest of this roster now that they've made this massive deal. Uh, I think Patrick Beverly also that they they can uh, they can flip him pretty easily um, for the center that they need or for a power forward or whatever. Um, but the big part of this trade and the the reason everybody in the league um, sees this as just a completely insane trade. The Tim- a lot of people think that the Timberwolves gave up too much. I think Rudy Gobert is one of the top 10 players in this league and that you have to give up a ton to get these type of players. Um, so as far as picks, the Jazz get the Timberwolves 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029 first-round picks. Those first three are completely unprotected. The last one is top five protected. And a 2026 pick swap. So if let's say the Timberwolves have the eighth pick and the Jazz have the 20th, well, the Jazz now get that eighth pick and they swap those picks with each other. Um, so five, well, four and a half first round picks basically um, from the Timberwolves in this trade. And that's what's kind of holding up the Kevin Durant trade is the Nets had an asking price and then the Timberwolves got gave up to the Jazz more than that asking price to get Rudy Gobert. So now the Brooklyn Nets are convinced that they can't get less than what the Jazz got for Rudy Gobert um, in their trade of Kevin Durant. Uh, Personally, I think there's still a decent chance that Kevin Durant is with the Nets again this next season. Um, But anyway, we'll get into that when we go into the Wasatch Basketball Podcast. Um... So what does this all mean for the Jazz? Well, first off, let's look at this this Timberwolves team that they just put together because um, I I think it's a fascinating team. So Carl Anthony Towns was the starting center for the Timberwolves. Uh, he was third team All NBA this last season. He's been an All Star multiple times. Um, he's a scoring machine. He's basically everything that Rudy Gobert isn't, and then Rudy Gobert is everything that Carl Anthony Towns isn't. Like if you combined if you combine the two of those guys together, you'd have the greatest basketball player of all time. 
Um, they're both, you know, Carl is 6'11", 7 foot, somewhere in that range. Really good three-point shooter. Um, he's a guy that down in the post, if you put a small guy on him, he's going to dominate him and just dunk over him. Um, not a great defender. He does okay there. Decent rebounder. And then you look at Rudy Gobert, best screen setter in the NBA, best defender in the NBA, best rebounder in the NBA. Um, does basically everything that you want your old school center to do. And then Carl Anthony Downs does everything you want a new school center uh, or modern center should say uh, to do. Um, so they're going to move Carl Anthony Towns to the power forward position and start those two together, which is massive. Yes. Seven, one, seven, two, Rudy Gobert, seven foot Carl Anthony Towns. Small forward is probably going to be Jaden McDaniels, which the Jazz really wanted Jaden McDaniels in this trade. The Timberwolves wouldn't give him up, and that's why the Jazz got so much draft compensation in this trade. Uh, Jaden McDaniels is at 6'9". is a fantastic defender, really, really good defender, and has the potential to become a really good scorer as well. Um, and he's still, I think he's only 21, maybe, maybe. I don't think he's 22. I think he's 21. Um, so still very young, still has tons of potential. At the shooting guard, they'll have uh, Anthony Edwards, who's built like a tight end. You know, he's 6'5", 230 pounds, um, super fast, strong, really good scorer, um, decent three-point shooter as well, has really come a long way as a defender in the NBA, and he's still also very, very young, around 21 as well. And then their point guard is D'Angelo Russell, 6'4", 6'5", somewhere in that range. Really good three-point shooter, good passer. Not a great defender, but he's not awful. Um, so they're huge. They're a huge team. They have multiple guys that can handle the ball. They have really good defenders. And the guys that aren't good defenders are at least really big for their position. Um, and then on the bench, they just signed Kyle Anderson, who's a guy that I really wanted for the Jazz. 6'9", uh, can play small forward, power forward, and center. Can handle the ball a little bit. Um, they brought back Torian Prince, who's six eight. Um, played small forward or the power forward. Athletic has become a really good three point shooter in the league. Is a really is a good defender. Um, they have Jalen Noel coming off the bench, the shooting guard. Um, just a high scoring guard who's very active on the defensive end. Um. Like, this is a team that they're going to be scary this season. And Rudy Gobert is going to, Rudy Gobert, it doesn't matter what you have with him, you're going to be at least in the top half of the league defensively with him. And he's actually got the size and the athletes around him that the Jazz never gave him to where this Timberwolves team might be, you know, top five offensively, top five defensively. And teams like that win championships. Teams like that make it to conference championships, uh, conference finals, make it to the finals, and have a really good chance of winning championships. Um, so they're going to be a scary team. And I, I've said this before, and I've said it to a lot of my friends, is if the Jazz traded Rudy Gobert, there's a really high chance that whatever team picked him up is going to win a championship way before the Jazz ever do. Um. So anyway, now let's go into the Jazz. What are the Jazz going to do with this roster now? Um, they have a lot of guards now. 
Um, so let's qu quickly go through this roster. So at center, you have Walker Kessler and you have Idokaz Buki. Two good backup centers. Um, I don't think either one of them is ever going to be a great starting center. Um, but they can, each of them, you know, throughout their career, they can probably last a long time in the NBA and give you 10 to 18 minutes a night. At power forward, you have Jared Vanderbilt, who might actually be the starting center at this point until the Jazz actually find a new center. Um, and then, oh, you know, you still have Rudy Gay. Um, I still expect for him to get traded at some point during this offseason. Um, at small forward, you have Boyan Bogdanovich and Leandro Palmero. And I think that's it. Shooting guard, you have Malik Beasley, jo Jordan Clarkson, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. This That's probably their best position, uh, other than point guard, because uh, Donovan's there. And then at point guard, you have Donovan Mitchell, you have Mike Conley, you have Patrick Beverly, you have Jared Vanderbilt. Um, so I think both Patrick Beverly and Mike Conley have a really high chance of being traded before the this offseason is over. So what what type of guys sh should the Jazz go after to to fill this roster back up after this massive trade? Um, so now they have tons of draft picks to use in trades if they want to. They have financial flexibility, and they really have a clean slate to build whatever roster it is that they want. Um, I believe Boyan Bogdanovich, if you're not going to sign him to an extension, needs to be traded. Um, he's on a one year. He's got one year left on his contract. Um, he's still valuable around the league. I think if you're not, if he's not going to get extended, you can't lose him for nothing. So I think he he's a guy that probably needs to get moved. I think you need to try and move Mike Conley because one of the biggest problems you had over these last few years is that you didn't have enough size on the floor. There's not a reason to keep more six one guards around. Patrick Beverly. He is a 6'1 guard, but he plays bigger than what he, he is, but he's also on a one-year deal, <clears throat> um, and I'd be looking to move on from him as well um, to get whatever talent it is you need. <clears throat> so let's start at center. What should they be looking for at center? Like I said before, DeAndre Ayton, you could possibly get him. He is still super young. I think he's 23, 24, somewhere in that range. Um Better offensive player than Rudy Gobert. Um, as far as like shooting and having some skills, but he's not the same screen setter. He doesn't re offensive rebound at the same rate that Rudy Gobert is. And then defensively, he's actually become a decent defender. Um, he can hold down, you know, the paint pretty well. Um, but I don't want to if you if you got rid of Rudy Gobert. I don't want to see the Jazz turn around and pay another center $30 million a year. Um, that's one of the biggest reasons that they sent out Rudy Gobert. And like I said, Rudy Gobert is the best defensive center in the NBA. Um, he's the best screen setter. Like, he extremely valuable. So if you're not going to hold on to him, there's not really a reason to go and get another center just as expensive as him um, to replace him. And so I'm looking, so my next guy I'm looking at is Miles Turner. Uh, Miles Turner plays for the Pacers. 
He's going to make $18 million this next year, and then he is a free agent after that. So you'd, you'd need to sign him and or trade him for him and then sign him to an extension after you pick him up. Um, I think if you called the Pacers up and you offered them, like Patrick Beverly, uh, actually, no. Let's go Mike Conley and one first and one of those pick swaps, uh, or that pick swap that you got from the Timberwolves as well in 2026. I don't know if the Pacers would go for that, um, but I think Mike Conley and Tyrese Halberg could be a good combination in the backcourt for them, and it would allow them to give all their other young bigs, like Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson, Goga Patazde, um, time at at the center to, to develop. Um, my next target would be Yaka Pirtle from the Spurs. Um, he's going to be making about $9 million this next year. But the Spurs actually have cap room, and I would be trying to take advantage of that. I would give them more in compensation um, for them to take on more cap or more salary for the Jazz just to give the Jazz more flexibility going forward. So I would be my offer to the Timberwolves for Yaka Pirtle would be Patrick Beverly, Rudy Gay, Jared Butler, and two first round picks. Um, I think if all the money is equal, I think just those players and maybe a second is enough, but you're, you're asking the, the Spurs to basically take on, uh, what would that be? About $12 million for you. Um, so I'd bump one of those seconds up to a first, just saying like, Hey, you know, we like Yaka Pirtle. We'll give you that. And then another first first for taking on that money for the, for you. Um, the Spurs could then, you know, they could use Beverly and Gay as, you know, veterans for the young guys. Uh, and then also, um, they could also flip those pick, those guys later, like at the trade deadline. You know, at the trade deadline, I'm sure somebody's going to be looking for defensive help at the guard position. You know, they could also, you know, say, hey, we'll give it whoever wants him. Pat, you know, we'll give you guys Patrick Beverly, but you got to give us a first round pick. Now, all of a sudden, they've turned that into three first round picks. Um, and they could be like, hey, whoever needs some scoring at the forward position, uh, we'll give you Rudy Gay for a second. So now you've turned it into three first and a second. You know, Jared B Vanderbilt fits their timeline. They're trying to rebuild right now, so you can keep him around and hope that he can work his way into rotation. Um, and the last guy that i really be looking at is Nerlens Noel uh, from the Detroit Pistons. And the biggest reason I'd be looking at him is the Pistons have Jalen Duran and Isaiah uh, Stewart and Kelly Olynyk. They're kind of full at the... At the in the front court, so I'd be asking them if they they would do a swap of. I'd I'd probably do Patrick Beverly still. I'd say Patrick Beverly and a first, um, for Nerlens Noel, and I'm trying to think if there's any bad salary that the Pistons have that we could take back from them just to kind of make things equal. Um, 
nothing really comes to mind. Um, so maybe Patrick Beverly, maybe throw Jared Butler into that too, just to kind of make up for the fact that they're taking on more salary and a first round pick to get Nerlens Noel. Um, Nerlens Noel, really good defensive center, blocks a lot of shots. He likes to take a lot of chances though, like likes to go for a lot of steals, likes to go for a lot of blocks. And so he's not as solid down there as a guy like Yaka Pertle. And then Yaka Pertle is basically a uh, mini Rudy Gobert. You know, he's he he does all the things Rudy does, just at a slightly lower level at all those things. Um, so he's basically like 60% of Rudy Gobert. But you'd be paying him $9 million a year instead of, you know, $40 million a year like you are Rudy. Like you were Rudy. Um, so that's what I'd be looking for. Um, so let's just for the sake of, of the exercise, let's say they do the Yakapurtle deal. So they send away Patrick Beverly, Rudy Gay, Jer- Jordan, or, uh, Jared Butler, and two first round picks. Um, we'll say they're the 2025 and 2029 picks from the Timberwolves. Okay. So now we have a, we have our starting center in Yaka Pirtle. You have Yudoka Azubuki and Walker Kessler to back him up. So now I'm going to take Mike Conley and try and find us another forward, um, somebody that can guard on the per, uh, on the perimeter, can space the floor a little bit. Um, Mike Conley makes a little over 20 million. I think he's going to make 23 million this year. Um, so give me. A second here. I'm I'm gonna put it on pause and I'm gonna start going through scenarios in my head here. Okay, so it took me a little bit, but I came up with an idea. Um, I know the Kings do have a young guard in Davion Mitchell that they're trying to develop, but I I don't think that that would make them opposed to adding Mike Conley. Um, but they did. They did just add Malik Monk and Kevin Herter. So, anyway, I'm just gonna tell you the idea. It's to get Harrison Barnes from the Kings. Um, Harrison Barnes, six eight, two twenty. Um, better as a third option than he is as a number one. Um, but he can play a small forward or power forward. So wh- whichever you know guy you need him to guard um, at that at that spot, you know that's where he can be. Uh, so I'd be sending Mike Conley and, you know, I think just one first. Mike Conley and one first for Harrison Barnes. I think that'd be enough. Maybe you throw Leandro Balmero into the deal just to, you know, let the Kings think, you know, they, they got a young player that they can develop out of it. So let's do that. So Mike Conley, Leandro Balmero. And a first. Let's say let's say it's next year. So it's the Jazz's. Wait, can we trade the twenty twenty three for the Jazz? No, we can't. Um, so we'll say it's the pick that they just got from the Timberwolves because that's a pretty good pick. No, yeah, let's do that one. So unprotected twenty twenty three from the Timberwolves. Um. Along with Mike Conley and Landro Balmero for Harrison Barnes. So now if we take a look at the roster, uh, point guard, you got Mike uh, Donovan Mitchell. Shooting guard, you got Malik Beasley. Small forward, you got Harrison Barnes. Center, you got Yaka Pirtle. So now what are we going to do with Boyan Bogdanovich? 
I would be looking to add more of a defensive guy that can shoot threes instead of a you know a offensive focused guy like Boyan. So I'd be calling the um, Clippers, and I would try and do a straight swap of Boyan Bogdanovich for Marcus Morris. Um, Marcus Morris is a very physical guy, um, likes to get into people's grill. He's a pretty good defender. He's not a great defender, but he's a pretty good defender. He's actually a pretty good three-point shooter. Like He's over 40% for his career. Um, so I'd be doing Boyan Bogdanovich for Marcus Morris. Now, might have to throw in a little bit of draft compensation, maybe a couple seconds to the Clippers to get this done. Um, so let's say we do that. So the Jazz send out 2026 second from the Grizzlies and 2025, that's the Jazz's second, uh, along with Boyan Bogdanovich to get Marcus Morris. So now we're looking at Yaka Pertle, Marcus Morris, Harrison Barnes, Malik Beasley, Dava Mitchell. So they're a lot bigger across the board here. You're looking at 7'1", 6'9", 6'8", 6'4", 6'5"-ish, somewhere around there, and 6'1". Uh, much bigger than they were last year. Much more versatile um, defensively than they were last year. Um, and they still have some of the picks that they got from the Timberwolves still around. Um, you still have Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. Um, but now you got to fill out the rest of this bench. Um, and free agency's pretty much done at this point. You're looking at, you know, guys that are just trying to hop on a roster. So I guess what we've really seen in, with this exercise is that the Jazz, there's not a high probability that they can be better this next season than they were last year. What they can do, though, is start putting around the pieces, but start getting the pieces around Donovan Mitchell that they can build with for the future. But I personally believe that since you've traded Rudy Gobert, it probably ends up being better to move Donovan Mitchell as well. Um, and kind of embrace a rebuild. You've got a lot of picks to work with now. You get a ton more picks for Donovan Mitchell. You know, say you send him to the uh, to the Heat, you'll get a, whatever picks they can from there. I think they can send out three. Um, you'd also get, like, Tyler Hero out of the deal. Um, and maybe, you know, you'd have to take on probably Duncan Robinson just to make the money work. Um, but something like that um, is what I'd be looking to do. Um, but with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. We'll be talking a lot more about what the Jazz look to do. Um, with this team going forward um, in future episodes. Um, but until then, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and go Jazz!